Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and wondering how the fuck that happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. So you've heard the adage, time is money. Well, tonight we're going to explore that a little bit. Time versus money, if you put it in a case law context. Well, as you know, Gina is notoriously cheap. So hey, not cheap, more like nice and frugal. Um, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, fuck you. And Jill has introduced me to the concept that sometimes, and I've been taking this to heart, especially lately, sometimes time, my time is worth something. Who knew? Um I have to value myself and my time. But before we get into all these esoteric arguments about the nature of time and value, let's talk cocktails. Take it, yes. Jill. Tonight we're having a drink based on a recurring gag. See you next Wednesday in all of John Landis's movies. Like in the Blues Brothers, there was a movie sign when the Nazi car like crashes through the road. And in Trading Places, there's a poster in Jamie Lee Curtis's apartment. So I looked on Wikipedia just to see if it had anything about it. And there was a whole list of like all the different movies and where exactly it shows. And some of them have it more than once. And it was pretty cool. But um, this cocktail we made up one night when we were actually watching the Blues Brothers, which is how we came up with the name. And so the name of this cocktail is See You Next Wednesday. And it's um, vodka and ginger liqueur and orange liqueur and lemon juice. And then it's topped off with club soda. It's, Actually, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it's on the website, alwaysneverwrite.com. You might wonder a little bit about how it ties in with our theme today. So the one thing that's important, and we've discussed it before, is taking time for yourself. And that includes time to watch movies. <laughs> and that's a stretch, hon. It's a, you know, we try to tie it in. I thought that would be kind of close. Uh, kind of. Well, I'll give it to you. It's a cocktail tastes good though. That's a solid B minus tie-in. But yes, okay. the cocktail. But I'll the cocktail B minus. I think that's fair. But the cocktail is an A plus. Thank oh. you. It's summery and light and awesome and beautiful. And I'm gonna make this again and again, kind of like the oh, SNL, <laughs> that SNL sketch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Again yeah. and again. Again and again. Ah. <laughs> so but it's good. One of the reasons we started talking about this particular topic and thought we'd share it with you is because I have been trying to talk Gina <laughs> to having somebody mow her lawn. Because she keeps talking about, oh, I have to find time to mow the lawn, and John the Brit hasn't mowed the lawn, and I need to get him to mow the lawn. We just can't find the time to do it. And I'm like, what are, you know, what's more important, forty dollars in your pocket, or actually having the time to spend the time with your family and not having to stress about when are we going to find the time to mow the lawn? So which is more important? And she's totally right. And, and I will say we did have a lawn service in the past when we lived in a different Midwestern city because I've just toured all the major Midwestern cities yep. for fun. She sits all the states, just lives there for a little while and moves on. Yeah. So uh, in one of them, we actually did hire a lawn service and it was beautiful. But when we got to St. Louis, we stopped that. And I was getting legitimately scared of lowland gorillas coming out and <laughs> carrying off the children. So... Um, but this weekend, while well, I was taking Nina on her birthday festival weekend, um, apparently a father and son came by and knocked on the door, probably because they had to fight off lowland gorillas while walking past <laughs> our house. 
and said, we'll mow your lawn every week or two weeks for 60 bucks. And um, John the Brit texted me and said, what do you think? And I'm like, fucking do it, do it, do it. Say yes, don't let them get away, quick. I know, before they figured out what the hell they've gotten into, lock them down, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, we are delicate flowers, and (laughs) we live in Dallas, Texas, and it is 7,000 degrees in the (laughs) summer, which is when you mow the lawn. And so we thought to ourselves, we didn't have a lawnmower when we moved down here because our lawnmower was kind of broken and we're like, we'll just buy a new one when we get down there. And then when we moved in, we were at the very beginning of the longest over 100 degrees heat wave they had had in, I won't say in recorded history, but in a very, very long time. It was like, this is the hottest it's been in a row for like 37 years. And I was like, sweet, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, So we thought, okay, I don't really feel like buying a lawnmower and mowing the lawn because even though our lawn is small, it will be a million and we will die. So (laughs) we found a lawn service that said, hey, we'll mow your lawn and not die and it won't cost you very much money. And we said, that sounds cool. Why don't you do that? And so we did. I love not dying. Me not too. Dying. Here's here's the really ridiculous thing. Like John the Brit and I have the stupidest lawn mowing stories in the universe. Oh, uh, um, yeah. That's when we live, we used to live in a Midwestern state that was a little further north. <laughs> so in the summers, it didn't actually get that bad. It never hit triple digits the entire time we lived there. Wow. Uh, winters were negative 30 and below a lot, but you know, um, but we had actually, before I get into the thing I was going to talk about, I got to tell one other story when we first moved in to that house. Mm-hmm. Um, We met the next door neighbor who we later learned was a raging alcoholic and ended up actually dying a few years later of alcohol poisoning. Oh, that's a downer. Yay. (laughs) I know. Let's enjoy our cocktails. Yeah. So drink up, bitches. Um, But but right after we moved in there and he met my husband, John the Brit, he mowed USA into his backyard. It wasn't even 4th of July or anything. It was like the 1st of August. And he's like, fuck you, motherfucker immigrant. <laughs> like, okay, dude, he's British, okay? You're British in part, I guarantee. So anyway, but what I was actually getting to is even then it was stupid that we mowed the lawn. And um, at that point, I lived on the same street as a lot of VPs for the company I worked for at that time. Sure. And I used to talk to him from time to time. And she would say to me, I notice your lawn isn't mowed. <laughs> and I'm like, I know it's, it's bull crap. And I've been working overtime, working on this project and this project. And Jean the Brit just hasn't done it. And she's like, you might want to hire a lawn service. It's, it's easy. And you can spend your time doing better things. She was like the, the proto Jillian um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to convince me to do that. She was so sweet, but it was stupid that we tried even ourselves to mow the lawn because John the Brit has severe asthma. So every time he does, he comes in and he lays in the bathroom floor and goes <gasps> for an hour. And I have fibromyalgia and I still have repercussions from heat stroke I got when I was like 30. So every time I mow the lawn, 
I uh, dehydrate immediately and get a massive headache. So why are we even trying? Yeah, why I don't know. try? I don't know. So now we have a lawn service because Jillian is smart and finally got me to move off the dime. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of a thing you have to keep in mind that, and there's nothing wrong. There's people who genuinely enjoy that kind of thing. And that's awesome. My sister loves doing that sort of thing. Not necessarily the mowing part, but she loves all the other gardening pieces, which is wonderful. And go you. <laughs> you and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing it yourself, even if you don't enjoy it. And some people prefer not to use the money for that because maybe they don't find it as odious as I do. But I would prefer if I had to weigh it out and say, would I give up X? Would I give up eating out for a week or two weeks worth of eating out to get my lawn mowed? The, the answer is yes, I would. Mm. So I weigh it against what's more important. We used to play this game with Millie um, called What's More Important. And we would talk about just different stuff around the neighborhood or different stuff around town. And, and when she was really little, we would, she would end up with like all of her stuffed animals in her bed. And so we would play what's called the choosing game, which was the precursor to what's more important, which is the precursor to being an adult, I guess. So. <laughs> oh my would, gosh, it is. We would take her animals. And Pardon me, I'm going to. I'm going to have a quick existential crisis, but do carry on. Go ahead. You just go ahead and panic. Oh so we take her animals and I would hold them up to her and I would say, okay, you have to choose one of these two guys. And sometimes it would be like two guys in one hand and one guy in the other. Cause like maybe these two guys go together. So like these two bears are buddies. Like they came, they go with a book and the book has a story and these two guys are in the story. So you can't separate those guys. These guys are one and this duck is one. So who do you choose? These two guys or the duck? she would choose and so you know we would go through that and she would go through and she would choose and so we would be able to pare down the animals in her bed by half just by doing that noise it was awesome then you know over a few days more animals would get put into her bed and she would be sly and so we'd have to do it again and we'd go through and maybe she would make different choices this time but it was still her choice and we would still be accomplishing the same goal of tearing down the animals in her bed. Eventually, we got to a time, we had gone someplace and she saw, we went past the rescue mission, which was sort of like the homeless shelter. And she said, what is that? And I told her what it was. And she said, you mean the people there don't, that's where they live? And I said, yes, because they don't have their own homes. And they live there until they can get another place to live. And she said, are there kids there? Because she saw some kids out playing. And I said, yes, there's kids there. She said, well, do they have toys? And I said, no. She said, well, let's choose toys from my house and we can take them to them. Aww. And I said, okay, let's do that. So we went through her toys and we played what's more important. And we chose toys and she chose things to give to them. And we took down a bag full, a whole bag full of toys, stuffed animals, to give to the rescue mission that she chose. Took it in and she gave it to them. Okay. Now that I'm done with my existential crisis, I'm going to sit in the corner for a moment and cry. I'll be right back. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Okay. I feel better now. She's a sweet girl. She's a sweet girl. She really is. And so. she thinks of that crap all on her own. <laughs> I, oh, shut up, Ethan. Sorry. Special guest star, Ethy Weefy, Precious Kitty. <laughs> That's okay. That's uh, okay. But then uh, as she got older, we would be driving around and we would say... 
we would just do random what's more important. What's more important, um, going to school or going to church? You know, we would just choose stuff like that, like whatever things, you know, what's more important, tacos or pizza? What's more important? You know, just general what's more important stuff. And it could be silly stuff. It could be blue cars or red cars, you know. Okay, I know we put in the disclaimer that we are not professionals, so you should seek out real professionals and everything, but, you know, seriously, you got shit going on, ask Jill. She'll set you straight. <laughs> She'll teach you how to raise your kids, how to mow your lawn, all the, all the good squishy. So, <laughs> holy well, hell. My kid is incredible on her own. Like, she invents stuff to be incredible about. She really does. Um, if, okay. Your kid is just proof that both nature and nurture are vital. Okay. Bang. I'll take that and be grateful for it. And for once, I'm right. Yes. So you told me when you were here that you were considering getting. So we have mentioned, I think, I said so like 47 times. <laughs> Welcome to my we world. We both mentioned that we actually happen to have pools. And I didn't buy a house with a pool on purpose. Um, Neither did I. I actually never really wanted a house with a pool, although we both considered that purchasing a house in Dallas without a pool would be not awesome, probably, mm. since it's so hot here all the time. And we were like, a pool would be okay. It wasn't a prerequisite. Like, we weren't searching for a house with a pool, but when we had bought a house and it had a pool, we were like, that's okay. It's got a pool. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll enjoy it. But I've heard there are a lot of work. So we kind of looked into it and it was a lot of work, but it came with like this robot pool cleaner and there was a guy that had been maintaining it before we moved in. And so we found out that that was not very much to do. It was like a hundred dollars a month or something. Dude, and, nice. Yeah. So like we should keep that going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because between the two, that's not a lot of work for us and we don't really have to do much and oh. he does all the chemicals and he takes care of everything for us. We didn't have to learn any of that stuff. And so that's what we've done and it's been totally worth it. Nice. And I went to visit Jill a couple weekends ago and, um, Oh my Lord. They're like, okay, let's go have dinner in the pool. And it's always ready. And yes, we put our plates on little floaties and ate in the fucking pool and it was decadent. <laughs> and I felt like a total and utter inhabitant of a hedonistic island. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was it was kind of nice. We do like to eat actually in the pool where we take our like floaty raft guys that you lay on and then we make those into tables and then we sit on the little benches and we just put our pizza on the tables and that's what we eat. It's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> nice. It's just different. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we have taken a cue from you because we still manage the chemicals in our pool because St. Louis is another city that I think it's because it's so close to the Mississippi River. It's humid as fuck. Um, So it gets desperately hot and it does often hit triple digits. Yeah. So you get that, you get all the, especially after the summer, all the floodwaters, and you're in a parboiled hell. Mm -hmm. So I'm very glad we have a pool. I never wanted a pool either. We just happened to find a house 
is, um, you know, there was that whole, I got fired and lived for a year on the road and had no money. So we bought the house that they let us, let us rent it until our other house sold. Yeah. And they were, they were desperate because it'd been on the market for years and um, a major interstate kind of is in our backyard behind a sound barrier. Um, so we're like, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So. <laughs> But it's going to be a beautiful house when we get on with it. But I digress. I didn't intentionally get a pool, but I will never live without a pool again because it is beautiful. I love it, having a pool. It is amazing, but there are times I couldn't use it because, you know, we're, we're just slightly downhill from our neighbors. So every time there's a heavy rain, all the sludge runs down. Ew. So last week, finally, it, it Here's the thing I've discovered about some men, including John the Brit. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you have to drop a seed and wait for that seed to sprout and grow. Yeah. So uh, like April or something, I said something about, wouldn't it be nice to have an automatic pool cleaner that just moved around and took care of it for you? And that just stated over the summer. And um, eventually, it, it, he got to the point where he's like, maybe we can talk to one of those places that rents them and we see what it's like. And then they said, if we want to buy one of those systems, I'm like, what a great idea, except the place never called us back. And I want to call him and personally complain and go, I had my husband on the fucking hook and you made me lose him with his big bass mouth. Damn you. Um, <sighs> but last week, he's finally like, he was doing YouTube research, because which is what he do and um which is what he does in between going after flat earthers. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, here's a system we might use. I've watched lots of people who said it gets a solid three and a half stars, but it's dirt cheap and it might work. And I'm like, buy it. Fucking buy it. Give me the Get Amazon it. link. We'll order it. it. We now have a self-propelled vacuum system for a fucking pool. Yay. I'm so happy. Although, is it like you ours? Know, is it like JD? It, it's not like <laughs> it's not like JB. You gotta give everything a nickname. I'll probably call him cheap ass Nick or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't care. He's self-propelled. Here's what's really hilarious though. John the Brit has not yet set it up in the pool, and he's got me scared of the pool because every time I'm like, "Well, just tell me how to vacuum," and he goes, "Well, you have to be very careful because if you don't shut such and such off first, the air pressure could blow in your face, and then I wouldn't have a wife anymore." And I'm like, "What? No." So he's got me a little panicked. There's nothing um, to be scared of. Maybe he just likes me saying I have a cabana boy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, he's got me panicked about it. So he, um, but I digress. So he was showing. Uh, you said I digress twice in the same story. Drink twice, motherfuckers. Double drink, man. <laughs> chink. Oh, chink. But um, Nina is home and Benny is visiting for a couple weeks. They're going back tomorrow. Um, and they were like, we're going to test the pool and see if it works. And I'm like, okay, what, what they don't realize. And I haven't told them yet. Um, so I came home today from doing something and they were playing in the pool. Um, they use the, uh, fish pond water testing kit and not the pool water testing kit. And they're like, oh. so in other words, if the kids are coy, we know they're totally fine. Otherwise we should probably keep an eye on them for infections or something. <laughs> oh dear. Do you test your pool water every day before you go in? Uh, pretty much. So you do? Yeah. We've, we've never tested our water ever. <laughs> we've 
proficient. I don't even know how to do that. Uh, it's really easy. There's these little test strips and you just look and you go, okay, it's the right shade of pink. We're good. We just go in it every day. Mm. If, we, it's, uh, if it seems like it's the right color, we're like, yeah, that's cool. Let's cool. do that. We get just enough runoff from the uphill neighbors um, that we, we test it to be safe. Of course, we give apparently enough runoff to our downhill neighbors that our downhill neighbors complain to the city. We're like, um, what are we, they like? What are you going to do about it? I know. I'm like, they're like, they were wondering if you're draining your pool. We're like, no, but there was a lot of rain and we have an uphill neighbor. I'm guessing that's their issue. But whatevs. We're used to getting neighbor complaints, mostly because of the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, for me, one of the things that I learned about and, you know, we're talking about this and, and all of these things are like money and time. And for me, one of the things was when I was a kid, we were pretty broke and my mom got a grant. We lived in Michigan. My mom got a grant from the Michigan Council for the Arts. And with that grant, it was so she could do more art and she used it to buy art stuff, but she also used it to pay for a lady to come in and we called her the laundry lady. Her name was Joyce and she was very, very nice. And she came in and she would scrub the floors. She would change our sheets and she would do the laundry. That's what she did. She did a great job and she was very nice and we really liked her. Um, and that's what my mom chose to use the money for. And from that, I learned one thing and that I learned she was able to set aside this money to prioritize the time that she would have spent doing these things to do something else that she valued and deemed more important. And I thought, okay, it wasn't like, I felt like, okay, we have a maid or anything like that. It didn't ever seem that way to me. So as I got older um, and it was only for a couple of years that we had choice, but she was amazing. And like, I'd never had such clean sheets and my clothes were folded so nicely and it was amazing. Um, and laundry was the one thing my mom always hated doing, which is probably why I suck at it so bad. <laughs> you need to hang around me more, babe. I know. It's all on wine and tiaras. I would just let you do it. Okay. You guys check out the laundry tiaras and Medusa decor for more information on that. <laughs> um, but the one thing I I kind of gathered from that is that you can prioritize time and ability to do other things over the money that would be spent for that time. And I learned that right then. So when I got a little bit older and I was working my way up in my current company, I thought to myself, okay, if I ever become a manager, I'm going to hire somebody to come in like every other week for just a couple of hours and do the deep cleaning stuff in my house. You know, scrub the floors, clean the kitchen really good, clean the bathrooms really good, do all the vacuuming and dusting that I don't get done. I can keep the house pretty clean. 
you know, the everyday stuff in the kitchen. I can wipe the counters, all that stuff. I can do all of that stuff. But, you know, the scrubbing the floors, wiping down the appliances, wiping the front of the cabinets, scrubbing the bathroom, scrubbing the shower, scrubbing the toilets, all of that. I just don't get that done as much as I could. And the time that I could spend doing that, I could actually be spending with my family because I do end up working late sometimes and I do end up doing other stuff sometimes. So when I became a manager, I found somebody to do that. And for $100 every two weeks, it was worth, for me, it was worth $200 a month to have somebody come in and do that. It's not a giant amount of money, but it did require some sacrifice on my part. I decided I would stop having my nails done. You know, it wasn't an equivalent, but it it mattered to me. It was worth it. I would much rather have somebody come in and do this stuff around the house. So when I'm done and I always scheduled it so it was on the weekend, like it was the Friday that I got paid every time I got paid every other week. That's when the person came. And on that Friday, everything would get done. And that weekend would be the best weekend ever. Because first of all, it was payday weekend. Second of all, I get off work and I walk into my house. Well, I'm already home, but, you know, I walk into the rest of my house and everything's beautiful and it smells wonderful. And my bed is made and my floors are clean and my kitchen is sparkling and the refrigerator looks great and it's wonderful. And it's worth a hundred bucks to me to have that done because that makes my entire weekend it sets me up for success for the whole weekend. I love that. I love that so much. It's and worth it. It's worth it. I, I am still getting to that point. Nina's car is almost paid off. That'll free up some money. But here's what I'm thinking. I need to hire, because I keep saying, I got to get this organized. I got to get this organized. Because our house still looks like we just moved into it. Because so I've just... Ours. You know. Oh, well... Okay, your garage, but beyond that, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Ours, every single fucking room looks like we just moved into it still. We just haven't gotten there. We haven't done any painting. We haven't done any of the stuff we wanted to do. And I'm thinking I'm to the point where I need to hire a professional organizer because I'm obviously not getting to it myself. And it's taken a toll on me from a mental perspective. Yeah. Um, because I want to get to the point where I can whitewash that horrible wood paneling in the basement, um, and make it and brighten it up and make it happier. I want to do all this stuff, but I can't do it because there are still, a, there's one room that's completely filled with boxes and there's boxes lined up and along another wall. And it's silly because we've been here. Oh Lord, two fucking years. I'm lame. Wow. I know. So I really, um, uh, when my next bonus comes along, one of the things I want to do with it is I want to quit beating myself up over not getting this done. And I want to hire someone to come in and force me to get it done. So to our listeners, if you know a professional organizer, if you're best buds with Maria Kondo. Uh, <laughs> Marie Kondo. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, Yeah, Marie Kondo. If you know Marie Kondo, if you know someone who's like Marie Kondo in the St. Louis area who would like to come help me get my shit together. Uh We'll give you shout outs on the show, but I don't feel like I can even hire someone to do the deep cleaning until I have boxes out of the way so they can do it. Well, maybe you can have somebody who does both. There's an idea. So, so one suggestion I have, and mm-hmm. this is something that we just started doing this week, and this is something that we're going to continue through the winter. 
like you said, our garage is ridiculous, but we are actually, every person in our household is going through one box every week. One box. If you can go through one box and decide whether this is something you want to keep and use, whether it's something that's going to go into storage or whether it's something that you're going to get rid of, whether it's throw it away or give it away. Just put it three piles, keep it and use it, store it, get rid of it. Cool. Most of the stuff you have in boxes, think about it. If you haven't used it for two years, how valuable, how much do you really need it? Some of it's probably sentimental and some of it is probably stuff you've been looking for. But here's a challenge that I present to you. Uh. this This is something that I went through myself. So when I moved into my own home, my parents presented me with this giant trunk full of things that they had kept from my childhood. It was stuff like school papers and dolls and stuff like that. And especially with the school papers, what the fuck am I going to do with these? What do I want with my a report that I wrote in first grade? You know, handwriting samples and stuff. What do I want with that? I don't need it. Like, what do I want with that? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to hand it up? Am I going to, you know, look at it, share it with Millie? You know, I can look at it and be like, that's a picture of a thing <laughs> that I drew when I was in first grade. The end. <laughs> so as I was going through this, this isn't anything that I need. It isn't anything that adds value to my life. And I kind of Marie Kondo'd it. Does this bring me joy? The answer is no. I okay. showed it to Millie and I'm like, is this something that you feel like you would want? And she said, no. And I'm like, cool, let's get rid of it. And I had to be kind of brutal and I felt bad about it because this was something that my parents so carefully shared and, you know, carefully preserved and put it in a folder, put it in my thing and got rid of, you know, there was a Raggedy Ann doll. And I remember that Raggedy Ann doll from when I was a little kid. But I don't need that Raggedy Ann doll, and Millie doesn't want it. It's kind of mildewy, and like, what am I going to do with this Raggedy Ann doll? That's gross. I mean, what am I going to do with this? I don't want it. So I don't know how many of our listeners have this problem, but I was a late-in-life child of a late-in-life child. Um, you know, uh, on my dad's side, anyway. My mom was, uh, on that side, I was a late-in-life child of an early-in-life child, but that's <laughs> That's a whole other story. Um, but my parents are both post-depression era, which I think your parents are about the same age. Yeah. Um, but um, mom remembers having huge fights with her mother about the only thing they would have to eat in the house was literally bread and milk. Yeah. And mom and grandma would have struggles of the will. You will eat this bread and milk. No, I don't want it. I'm not hungry. You will eat this bread and milk because it's all we have to give you. And I milked that fucking cow myself. And I put my arm in the oven to judge the temperature so I could bake that bread. I mean, that kind of... Mom didn't have indoor plumbing or electricity till she was 16, basically. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't think it was quite that bad for my mom. I think she had plumbing. I'm not sure. Like, we never discussed it. uh, So my parents were very... Um, I think I've mentioned it before, but when my aunt said to mom, why don't you buy a dishwasher? My mom said, cause I gave birth to four of them. Why would I buy one? Um, they were very frugal. 
Oh, gosh, I think we're getting a psychiatric insight into my mindset. Jesus, look at you. I know. but like even therapy. I know. This is great. But even when they um, finally, it, the house I grew up in was 1,100 square feet with three bedrooms. Um, the only reason I had the biggest bedroom when I was a kid is because eventually there were three of us jammed in there. And I just happened to be the youngest by by six miles. So everyone moved out and they just didn't want to move me yet. Um, we, when I was 11, we finally got an air conditioning unit in the kitchen. So that's when I started sleeping in the kitchen. I mean, wow. <laughs> it was, um, but even when they tore that house down and built the new house, after I graduated from law school, they built a new house, literally 30 feet uphill from the old house. No, I remember that part. <laughs> and, um, so we moved all this up 30 feet uphill, but they built a basement under that house strictly for storage. They gutted the original house. So mom still has all the cabinetry, all the closet stuff, everything that was in the old house, plus all the stuff for the new house. And every time I go, I'm 47. And every time I go back to mom's, she gives me something else I had in high school. And says, here, I kept this for you. Um, like, you know, just got a sweater that says USSR 1986 on it because I had it in high school. <laughs> so um, let me ask you this. I'm not used to not keeping things is what I'm getting to. Sure. <laughs> Does Do you feel like having all that stuff in the basement enriches your mom's life and makes it better? I do think there are a lot of memories down there. That's not what I asked you. I know, but the memories enrich your life and make it better, but probably my USSR. But would she have those memories without having the stuff in the basement? Probably not specifically of the USSR shirt. Well, unless she looked at photos. It does appear in photos. Uh, and I did that even though I was having nightmares about nuclear war from the age of 11. So anyway, I digress. My oh, God, you say that so much today. <laughs> I'm having a very digressive day. My point is, there are memories that exist. I will always remember that I had a Raggedy Ann doll when I was a kid. Actually, in this box, there were two Raggedy Ann dolls. One I remembered, one I don't think I'd ever seen before. <laughs> I have no idea where it came from. I don't remember it. it. wasn't the Raggedy Ann that I grew up with. So, I don't know why I had it. You know, I guess I think of it, if I really wanted to remember something from my childhood the most, it would be, and I don't think she has this anymore, ironically, since oh, mom saved sure everything. Oh, I'm sure she does. <laughs> yeah, she even saved the woodworking from the old house, so I'm sure it's there somewhere, but there was, um, when I was about four and five years old, mom would read me Raggedy Ann and Andy books, and um, we would sit in the dining room where we had a guest uh, like a gas furnace type thing mm -hmm. that we would sit in front of for warmth. She would wrap me up in this old black and multicolored Afghan in her big rocking chair and read me Raggedy Ann and Andy. And uh, if I had the Raggedy Ann, and all I really, really want from my childhood when I think about it really with a lot of discernment is the Afghan, the books, and the rocking chair. And if you had to pick one? The rocking chair. Okay. Because I can crochet my own Afghans. There you go. Well, I mean, that's kind of my point with this. I think it's important. And this comes back to the whole money versus 
time. The time spent in accumulating all of this stuff that you don't need versus the money spent in accumulating all of this stuff that you don't need. I think that a lot of us are, are kind of loath to let go of stuff that we've spent money on or that we feel has value, but it really only has value if it's something you really want. Mm-hmm. If you're not keeping it, if you're keeping something just because you feel like you should rather than because you genuinely want to keep it. You know, if you're keeping it because it's something you want, why do you want it? Do you want it because it brings back memories or do you want it because you believe that you want to pass it on to your kids? In which case you need to say to your kids, do you want this? And if they're like, no, then you really need to assess. There are some things though from my childhood I do want to keep and that's all my citizenship and grades awards so I can shame my children into doing better. That's not going to work. It's a good try, but it's not going to work. No, it's not. Because your kids don't give a shit about your citizens and grade shit, whatever. Citizenship and grades. That's that's cute, mom. You went to a school with 25 people in it. We don't give two fucks what you were able to pull off. Yeah. It's pretty easy to be valedictorian when you're one of nine people. (laughs) 26, 30 if you count children and infants. You know what? You're not the person in the smallest class that I ever knew. Really? I had a friend in college who was one of 12 people in her graduate class. Wow. That's nuts. She went to a K through 12 school. (laughs) Wow. Suddenly I feel superior for someone and that's kind of cool. You should feel pretty superior. I should. Okay. So so I want to move on. Yes. Time versus money. Deep cleaning cows. Here's the time versus money thing. There's one thing that I have discovered that I think is magical. Grocery delivery slash pickup. Okay. That is something I do willfully and awesome. And I tip those drivers well because they make my life so much easier. Yeah. I First of all, I actually really like going grocery shopping. It's one of the things I very much enjoy. I love going grocery shopping. I would grocery shop all day. I really like going grocery shopping. But... There are times when I'm sitting at work and I'm like, I need this shit for dinner. I am not going to have a chance to get to the grocery store before dinner. I need to get this now. And I recognize, okay, for example, tomorrow night we have people coming over for dinner. And I'm like, well, let's see. What do we have that we can make for dinner? I don't really think we have anything. I should make something. Make the cognac lasagna. No, I'm going to make something better than that. (gasps) Okay. I'm making uh, roasted garlic tortellini with a cognac Alfredo sauce and some bacon and peas in the Alfredo sauce. It'll so be delicious. You delicious bitch. I know. It's going to be so good. I love you. Yeah, it's a cognac Alfredo sauce with bacon and peas. But we were promoting Instacart. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Ours is an Instacart. Like the grocery stores do their own thing. And then there's like Postmates and yeah, Instacart does some of it, but there's like different grocery stores do their own thing and some do Instacart and whatever. Um, If I was a person who had a job in the world and had to drive places, I would probably do the deliver, like the go, the stop there and you like, do, 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 I'm here, come bring it to me. And you just pick it up. I would do that more, but I love the delivery. I love it. Oh, I know. We, we do Instacart delivery of stuff from Schnucks all the fucking time. And it is, is Schnucks is our grocery store. Yeah. Okay. That's we have cute. like 
We have schnucks in Deerbergs. We used we to have, have Tom Thumb. Have what? Tom Thumb is our grocery store. Oh, that's adorable. I know, right? I, I like that. Tom Thumb in Market Street. Ah, cool. Um, but I, I tell you what, one thing I did do um, earlier this week, I we had to get AJ's school supplies, and. Oh, and of course, I was so wound up and settling a couple of cases last week that I didn't get around to doing it. And um, John the Brit, um, he likes to grocery shop because he cooks, but he doesn't like to shop shop um, because he's antisocial. So, and that involves <laughs> talking to people. Um, it doesn't have to. <laughs> it doesn't have, have to. to. People just to shop. True. Um, but he... Um, he couldn't get around to it. So I, I sat there and I'm like, ah. so I did, um, an order to pick up from target and Walmart, which there's a place in Kirkwood where they're right next to each other. So I went in, I personally picked up Alan's gym clothes from target. And then I went to Walmart and I picked up all of his school supplies and I went home and I did it all over and out. Uh, and I did it all over a lunch hour because I pre-ordered and then just went and picked it up. And Walmart, you don't even have to pick up. You can sit in your car and they fucking bring it to you. So I don't have to actually go in. And I cannot tell you how happy that makes me. Isn't that wonderful? It's awesome. You know what the schools here do? Well, the first thing they do is the PTO provides, like you can, when you do the online registration for school, you do the online registration and you can be like, yes, I want school supplies. And you go boop and you tick the box and they like provide all the school supplies and it comes in a big old brown thing and it's all pre-wrapped and everything, which is awesome. The second thing they do is at Target, you can go online to Target and you type in your school name and it'll be like, here's the supplies you need for your school. Click. You want to add them all to your cart? Click. Done. TikTok motherfucker, St. Louis is behind on this shit. Yeah. Oh. Our school is awesome. Uh, see, the last two places I lived, they did do that. And we're like, fuck yeah, we'll pay a premium if we don't have to fucking do it. Um, but St. Louis doesn't. And I'm very sad and disheartened now. But they have a great autism program, so that's good. So I want to get off of this. Let's talk next. I want to talk about Uber. Because I think Uber is something that's a time value thing. Oh. Now, you're going to spend time in traffic regardless. But if you have to go to, especially for me, if I'm going to an event, if I'm going to go someplace where, for example, I took I took Millie and T to go see Hamilton. And mm. we're still new in town and we don't know our way around very well. But it was a... It started at seven o'clock, so we needed to be there by, you know, six o'clock or something. And it was in the fair parking lot, whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> and I didn't know where it was. I knew there was going to be traffic and all of this stuff. There was going to be parking and traffic and a hassle. And in order for me to enjoy myself, I don't want to have to be like completely stressed out going someplace and going home. So I would much rather call an Uber and let somebody else deal with the driving than have to deal with all of that. So oh. for me, I don't even care how much it costs. I don't care if it's surge pricing, whatever, man, I will pay for that. Same thing with riding to the airport. If I'm going on vacation, we used to live in back in the Midwest, we would have to drive, it was about an hour to the airport. 
And if I was going to go on a vacation, especially a long vacation, like a week or more, if I was going on a vacation for more than just two or three days, I would hire a car to go to the airport, especially if we're leaving early, early in the morning, because I would much rather get up and let somebody else drive and deal with all of that crap than having to find a parking space and then get on the shuttle to go to the terminal and then find the sky cap and all of that shit. I would rather hire a car, let somebody else deal with all that crap, then they pick you up and take you home at the end. And you don't have to do it in reverse. It just makes your vacation so much better. And in the end, you're paying for, you know, the tollway, you're paying for parking, you're paying for all of this other crap. It only ends up being, we'll say double, even triple, even if it was triple what it was going to cost you to park and do all the other stuff completely worth it same with uber completely worth it as far as i'm concerned i completely and utterly agree i mean there have been times when i'm like i could go park and i could park in the cheapo parking spot thing for 12 dollars a day but you know what if i spend 45 bucks i can go straight to the fucking airport and get (laughs) dropped off right by the gate and you know what fuck it i'm old and tired that's what i'm doing Somebody will pick me up on the way home and take me back. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know, it's, I'm completely on board with you on that. Because plus airports, after um, several years of going to, um, yep. back you and know, forth all the time. flying all the fucking time. Um, yeah, it's a fucking Uber. Um, and that's something I know I got to get over. Because it would have been cheap. It, it would be cheaper for me to just go and park at the airport. But. Rather than pay $45 to get there and $45 to get back. Why do you have to get over that? Um, because there's still part of me that feels guilty when I choose that option oh, rather oh. than paying for the cheap parking. Oh, yeah. You have to get over the guilt. Mm. Yeah. You don't have to get over the Uber. You have to get over no. the guilt. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm, I've decided I'm going to get over now? What? Years ago, when I um, left the one shit job for what turned out to be shit job number two, um, I left my nail lady Oh, and I loved her so much. I mean, I still, we're still friends on Facebook and I watch her. She's just a fucking phenomenal human being. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never going to find anyone like her again. I'm not even going to try. No. So I bought my, I bought my own gel kit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I bought the same all thing. The stuff. Yeah. All, all the, the stuff. stuff. Including the same um, UV thing that she had. I mean, uh-huh. the same brand and everything so I could do it. And I still have fun doing my nails from time to time. Uh, when I was on the year on the road, every week I would redo my nails because it was a way to waste time when my family wasn't around. Sure. Now I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. So every two weeks I'm like, I'm going to start getting my nails done again. You should. I, th- I had this on my list because I think self-care comes down to that. I mean, we talked about self-care before. Mm-hmm. Self-care comes down to that time versus money. What is your time worth? And I believe, I believe strongly that there are some aspects. I believe strongly that there are some aspects of self-care that go into time versus money. Oh, because it takes me two to three hours to do my own gel nails. Yeah. But I can go to a professional and get the dip nails that are harder. Get it done in an hour. In an hour. 
And I'm yeah. like, why, why the hell won't I spend $40 to go do that? It's worth the $40 to me, even though I can technically do it, you know, depreciated value over time. I'm sure I fully depreciated all my nail shit by now over yeah, the last five years. But it's worth it to me to do the $40 every two to three weeks to go have someone else do it for an well, hour. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're spending $13 an hour. If you're doing the $40 for the one hour, that's $13 for the three hours it would take you. I know. So that $26 I'm spending with my family. Yeah. That's much better time spent. And I could do, I could do a movie for that for three people. Yeah, you can. You know, I'm assuming Nina's off in college, being her own Which adult, awesome self. She is. But you could do a movie. You guys could go to dinner. You could be hanging out at home, just hanging out at home. That I could know. Be $26 you're saving. We could have one of AJ's epic water battles in the pool for that 26 bucks for two hours. Yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I love the look on your face when you say that, which is completely... <laughs> Oh my gosh, you poor fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. So what I think is really important that we're talking about here, it's not about the money that we're spending because it's not that it's not like you and I have unlimited disposable income because neither of us do. That's for damn sure. Because there's that whole thing where I cashed out my retirement fund to fund my year on the road. Yeah, that wasn't fun. No. And there's this thing where we had to move down here and then T got laid off right away and we went into Hawk up to our ears, but adulting fucking sucks. Oh, it so does. It so does. But, um, it's all about prioritization, right? It's about saying this is what's important and being able to spend this time doing things with family and whatever. Now I will say this is kind of one exception I'm going to make one exception to the prioritization as far as money goes. And this isn't necessarily a money, money thing. Cause when I first heard about this, I thought it was the stupidest thing I ever heard of. <laughs> Honest to God. Okay. But I'm intrigued. The first time I tried it and I got a group on for it and I tried <laughs> it and I was like, this is life changing. So I have light colored hair. And my eyebrows are clear. And my eyelashes are clear. And if I want to not look like a cancer patient, I have to spend a lot of time <laughs> drawing on eyebrows. And there's nothing wrong with being a cancer patient. I don't want to say anything like that. By the way, if any of the listeners are, are cancer patients, I will make you alpaca wool beanies. Just she will. And they're beautiful and soft. Oh, my God. They're so soft on your head. Tweet me. I'll send them to you. I, I yep. shit you not. I will do it. I can pump one out in three hours. She so can. And they're beautiful and soft and wonderful. Because she gave me one after my, she gave me three after my brain surgery. Because I love Any, you. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, with my hair being so clear. You had brain surgery. I totally did. It was a year and a half ago. And my head is still itchy. That's nuts. But you cannot tell. But it still itches, though. Like Adulting. I, still, I do this a lot. From the outside, we can't tell. Thanks. Feels itchy. But, but I digress severely. Ready, go. Yep. You digressed again. Okay. Shit. So. All right. Drink. Crystal head vodka is very strong, and that's what I used in my drink. 
I used Absolute Elix, and it's delicious. It has a chocolate taste at the end. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Whereas mine is completely pure like a river stream. Okay. Totally unrelated to what I was saying. Stop Dan- it. <laughs> okay. Just one more thing. Dan Aykroyd rocks. All right. Ready to go. I love Dan Aykroyd. I know. So the one thing that I did, I bought a Groupon several years ago, a couple years ago, and there was a Groupon for lash extensions. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I ever heard of, but this is like 20 bucks. So I'm going to try it out. I put, I had them put on and it changed my life because for the first time in my life, I could like get up out of bed and other than drawing on my eyebrows, I didn't have to do shit. I could just like get up and go to work. And I looked like a person. It was incredible. Your eyelashes are beautiful. I love them. I love them so much. And it makes my life, I know it sounds silly, but it makes my life so much easier. I get these wonderful, like really natural looking eyelashes. Like they get this, like they're kind of short and they're like not super long, not super curly. They don't like drag queens. It looks very natural. I actually get compliments on them. One lady, I was getting my nails done one day just with Millie and I had gone up to get our nails painted at the nail salon. And this lady said, you have got beautiful eyes. Your eyelashes are so gorgeous. And I said, thanks. I got them done across the street. And she's like, you're kidding. I said, no. She said, that's incredible. I would have never known. And I said, thank you very much. But it just makes my life so much easier. It's just the best thing ever. And I have to say... This is one thing I would really, like, if I were going to weigh, like, coffee against eyelashes, that's where we are with this. Like, that's how much it means to me. Awesome. You know, I I am seriously considering doing that because I'm very, very blessed. I have very long eyelashes. You do. You do. But I don't have thick eyelashes. Um, Like your daughter, Millie, she has that that Elizabeth Taylor um, mutation where she's got like two sets or something. Bow. Yep. Yeah. Really long, curly, beautiful, dark. She's such a bitch. I know. Damn it. <laughs> I love that little fucking bitch. Um, and her eyes are like the beautiful green eyes with these long eyelashes and dark hair. And like, what the fuck? I know. It, isn't it's it so pretty? Don't be so pretty. Don't you hate, I mean, you don't you both hate slash love when your kids get shit so much better than you do? Yes, it's just not fair. Both my kids have these fucking phenomenal eyelashes, but they are still not Millie level because she does have that fucking Elizabeth Taylor mutation. Yeah, it's incredible. Both my kids get it from my father who had fucking amazing eyelashes and it's not fair, but it is what it is. I somewhat have them. I have the length, but I don't have the thickness. Yeah. Of course, I don't ha- also don't have the beautiful blue eyes my dad had. Damn it, dad. Why couldn't I get those? And your long legs and your fucking fabulous metabolism. But that's okay. I'm not bitter. <laughs> so let me interrupt you for just a second. Um, I think that if you do decide to do it, my one piece of advice would be to say, ask the person who does it for you to use sensitive glue. Because they use like a medical grade adhesive to hold the lash to your natural lash. And I have them use a sensitive glue on me because I used to not use a sensitive glue. And I never had an adverse reaction or anything like that. 
but it would always hurt for a couple minutes after I would open my eyes. It would just kind of be sort of burny. Mm. But okay. that would be my suggestion. Good to know. I appreciate that. You know, just I'm going to start down here. You know, I think I sensed an episode coming where we go and do all kinds of fabulous shit and then talk we about could. it. We could. We could do Maybe. like little mini voice recordings while we're there and we could integrate them all. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I love you so much. I love you too. Yay. Okay. So, um, because another thing I want to do that I think is totally worth spending the money on. What? Microblading. I want to do that too. I want to do that because I spent, okay. For one thing, I have a, oh, this is embarrassing as fuck. (laughs) I, I have every morning I spend a good 10 minutes perfecting my eyebrows. And there are two reasons. Number one, when I was in sixth grade, I, I, um, we were learning badminton. (laughs) Okay. I see where this is going. (laughs) I hit myself in the head with the badminton racket. (laughs) Not even fucking tennis. It's badminton, which is like the lightest. I should have taken a drink. I should have known better than to take a drink right then. You should have, because it's a nice gentle lob, right? But yet somehow I went after that motherfucking cock shuttle so fast, I smacked myself in the head. Cock shuttle. <laughs> I went. So obviously we're late in the episode now. I went after that shuttlecock so hard. Oh my God, I, that's so good. I hit myself in the eyebrow and cut my head open. <laughs> It's like a secret. That's a big thing right now. That's like style. Millie shaved a piece of her eyebrow this past summer on purpose so she would have like a little scar in it so it would look like she had a scar. Like yeah, you there's know, some singer person that has that. When you're a teenager, that's fucking cool. When you're a 47-year-old professional trying to be taken seriously in court, that is no longer cool. That is vanilla ice territory and people look at you and judge you. Do, do, baby. Too cold. Too cold. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I have a scar in my eyebrow from a rampant sixth grade um, badminton, badminton accident. That's so awesome. And who gets, I mean, seriously, who gets a fucking badminton accident? I do. You. You do. Oh, my Lord. So many kinds of awesome. That's completely awesome. Oh. So, so, yeah. I so there's that, plus there's in the entire 90s decade, which, to be fair, was my prime time. I, um, no. well, well, the early 90s, okay, first half, 1995 prior was my, um, not my self-esteem prime time, but my, <laughs> I'm going to get all the free drinks in the world prime time. Oh, I got a lot of free drinks then. Yeah, uh, I know, right? 90s. Yeah, because the short skirts, the tight sweaters, free drink. Skirts. I was too really? tall. I was t- I'm as tall as you are, though. And I did. you remember I used to at work all the time wear that one multicolored short wrap skirt, which actually used to be a long wrap skirt, but I shortened it. No, I don't remember it. I only remember you wearing corduroy and the one dress that I wanted to buy that you bought instead. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, uh, I really shouldn't be wearing short skirts though because i have my grandmother's legs and while they i'm sure if we dug grandma up today those legs would still be fully intact they were not pretty 
First of all, yuck. I know. Uh, yuck. Yuck. That's all. First of all is all there really is, isn't there? Yeah, that's that's all I can think of is yuck. Yeah. I digress. Um, Again, you're digressing. That's so much digressing this episode. I'm very good at that. That is so much drinking. No wonder you're fucked up. Crystal head vodka. Makes you digress. Makes you digress. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, I love you. Back off the microphone. If you hadn't. If I hadn't married John the Brit, I'd be so pursuing you. Dude, have you seen his wife? Like, you're pretty and all, but you're no competition. No, I'm not. And I, I've seen Dr. Detroit, which they were both in. And Bosom Buddies. And Bosom, was he in Bosom? That was a Tom She Hanks. was in Bosom Buddies. She was in Bosom Buddies. She's that's fucking phenomenal. She's gorgeous. She's, spies Like Us. I think that's another yes. movie they did together. Yeah. I okay, my self-esteem just dropped to zero. <laughs> well, fuck I think you. My self-esteem would drop to zero when they're comparing themselves to Dan Aykroyd's wife because she's really hot. Donna Dixon, isn't it? Yeah, that's her name. You know, I know her name because I'm jealous as fuck of her. Because I seriously had a crush on Dan Aykroyd since I was four years old. Really? Because I and I know it sounds dumb. But when I was very, very little, um, my older siblings used to sneak me downstairs on Saturday nights to watch Saturday Night Live. And I still remember the fucking Bassomatic from the original airings. Oh my God, the Bassomatic was so funny. I remember the original airings too, because we used to go to these church parties. I am, yeah. So we used to go to these church parties (laughs) and at the church parties, sometimes they went at night and the nighttime church parties we would go to our friend Kathy and Lynn's house and it would be on Saturday night sometimes. And then we would watch they, the adults would watch Saturday night live at the church parties <laughs> and we would watch it in the other room. And so that's where I remember seeing it. Nice. Uh, that's awesome. I just remember, like I said, from my older siblings sneaking me downstairs, you'll really love this. Watch this Garrett Morris sketch. It's hilarious. I remember seeing the douchebag sketch the first time it aired. <laughs> it was pretty funny back in the day. And then it was not. And then it was funny again. Yeah. Um, okay. I have one more thing. This is sort of a time value thing. It may just be a value thing. Only value. I don't know. I am intrigued. Please do go on. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter to learn more. <laughs> So the thing that I'm thinking of has to do with one time T and I took a vacation to San Antonio and at our hotel in San Antonio, there was a thing called a bath butler. What? Yeah. What the hell is a bath butler? Well, that was what I wondered too. (laughs) And... So it said there was a little card on our bathtub and it said, please call for the bath butler if you're interested in having a bath. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. So the first night we didn't call. But the second night we got back to the hotel and I'm like, I am going to call the bath butler and see what that even means. So I called little, let me call 6-2 or something like that. So I called 6-2 and I'm like, 
hello, is this the bath butler? And they're like, yes, would you like a bath? And I said, yes, I would. They said, how many people? And I said, there's two of us. And they said, we'll be right up. So boom, boom, the little doorbell on the hotel room rang. And I'm like, open the door. Well, hello. (laughs) This little (laughs) man was there and he had a robe and there was another lady behind him. And he's like, I'm, she is in training. Is it okay if I bring her in? And I'm like, yep. I'm used to training. I'm used to training doctors and all that shit. Oh yeah, waitresses. You know, she's gonna follow me while I do your table. So whatever. Okay. (laughs) The bath butler's like, she's in training. Is it okay if she comes in? And I'm like, sure. So they brought in two robes and two pairs of slippers, and they went into the bathroom and they like turned the lights down and they dimmed them and they said, "How hot do you like your bath?" And we're like, "I don't know, medium." (laughs) And they drew a bath for us and they laid out our robes and they put some slippers and they're like is there anything else tonight and I said I don't think so they said would you like some tea and we're like yeah sure (laughs) so they brought us some tea and then they finished drawing the bath and um then they left so while this isn't necessarily a time thing if I could have a bath butler that I just called and I'm like, hey, I'm going to want a bath tonight at like 6.45, 7.30, something like that. Could you be here? I would do a bath butler. Dude, you know, I think I want to train John the bit. I think I, <laughs> I think I want to train John the Brit to not only be a, a cabana boy, but a bath butler. The bath butler was so badass. If you come to visit, you and I could go on vacation and we can stay at the hotel that has the bath butler. That's what we need to do for the big five O. <gasps> Get a bath butler. Mm-hmm. But by, by the way, what Nina if- was so impressed with Texas. Yeah. She wants to come down again and again and again. She loved it and she sold. Anytime. I'm not sure how relevant the bath butler is to this, but I feel like maybe it's kind of on the same lines. I think that it's about saving time. Drawing your own bath. <laughs> when you're on vacation, drawing your own bath is, is a time-consuming mess. <laughs> <laughs> it is. When you go on vacation, the whole point is other people are doing shit for you. Yes. Well, okay. And that's why I don't do Airbnb. That's why I like going to a hotel. We have a timeshare at Disney. Like T had it before we got married, which is wonderful. And I love it. And I love going there. My only complaint is it's because it's a timeshare and it's not a hotel. You get back from your long day at the park and your bed isn't made unless you made it before you left, which is, you know, fine. I'll make it before I leave. But if I forget the room's not picked up, the bed's not made. When I go on vacation, I would like I would like to have everything taken care of for me because I take care of everything for everybody all the time. Mm. This is not at all related to what we're talking about, but it kind of, no, it's not even kind of. It's it just kind me, of is. No, it's me being a whiny bitch and prioritizing myself. And well, that's okay though. You're supposed to prioritize yourself because you yeah. always prioritize. Okay, let's face it. We're both mothers. We're both wives. Yeah. 
we've been socially um, conditioned. Conditioned. That's the word I'm looking for. To prioritize other people. And you know what? We we deserve fucking prioritization. And if that means on vacation, someone from housekeeping comes up and makes your bed and changes the towels, that's okay. That's true. And I think that goes back to if that means paying somebody to come to your home and do the same thing, it's okay. Thank you. And that's a life lesson I need to learn. It's something I'm working with you on. You are. <laughs> I'm, I'm a constant work in progress. You I are. You know what? You've come a long way, baby. I have, damn it. Thank you for the awesome cigarette ad reference. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids, don't smoke. Don't smoke. No. I think that we can bring this episode to a close. I want to thank you for joining us this episode. And also thank you for spending your valuable time with us every week. Our website is alwaysneverwrite.com and you can see all about what we talk about and what we drink. There's also links to our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and all that on the contact us page. And please consider subscribing and maybe telling your friends about us because we're kind of awesome and we wanna, we're your friends and we want to be their friends too. Yeah. Um, moving on. Um, <laughs> if you have extra time in your day, um, if you could leave us a review, especially in the Apple app, that yes. helps us tremendously get into um, higher rankings. We really appreciate your kind words. We absolutely would. And, and this has been another value added episode of Always Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Gina. And thank you again so much for making us a part of your week. And we'll talk Again, more next week, my dolls. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guiltiest sin assholes.